sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Boy, we do have a packed show for you here on this Friday. We've got it all covered for you. The NBA preseason begins tonight, and we're going to preview the 2020-2021 fantasy basketball season. On top of that, of course, we're going to have a full DFS preview, an absolutely locked full slate this week. Jim Sanis will be with us here on the show. Go over super contest picks with Howard Bender. The NBA games begin. The NFL games, of course, are underway. College football this weekend is getting ready to wrap up with its regular season. So plenty to go through, including some baseball here on the show. I'm Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. This is Fantasy Sports Today, every day, noon to 2 Eastern, here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. And, Joe, here we are, another big football weekend ahead of us. Can't wait to dive into that. Baseball news, NBA news, NHL news, actually, today, too. We got it all covered for you. Man, we are full service here in the program. And, uh, unfortunately, some news at the top, too. Christian McCaffrey not practicing again today. Huge implications, obviously, for whatever fantasy teams are in the playoffs and still have him on their roster. Certainly, well, not what you were hoping for. You were hoping maybe if you hung on, you were still relevant, that somehow Christian McCaffrey would be a guy that you could start week one in the playoffs and go on that magical run. Well, it looks like the magic might be gone already, which is not good. Also, David Johnson not going to be available, it looks like, this week either. So that's two more running backs down. But last night, Craig, I think we saw the emergence of a running back in 2021 that's going to be very, very popular in drafts. And I can certainly attest to I'm going to be one of those people that's going to be very aggressive on Cam Akers in 2021. Yeah, one game. Joe's all in. All right, let's let's uh, let's let's slow down here a little bit. Remember, there's one a reason game, he didn't play games. in the first 12 games. Three games. Last night was his first big game of the season. It was That's a good. wasted pick in fantasy. I drafted him in my fantasy league. I didn't get anywhere, partially because of Akers. Ingram also. Those are the two guys. In Dynasty, I'm an Akers owner. Couldn't do anything with him all season long. Going into the season, Swift and Akers were my favorite guys. Akers I saw play at FSU for three years. Here's the reality. One game. One game for Acres. Let's let's not let's not mm-hmm. go crazy on the guy. They still got four games okay, left. I, I don't crazy. know why they didn't use him at the beginning of the season. It made no sense whatsoever. Oh, you draft the guy that high to wait for 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. Every other running back in fantasy that was drafted in the first two rounds in the NFL draft all played from the beginning of the season except for Acres. Why? Well, Acres was hurt. Well, because Acres had an injury. Oh, that's why. Yeah, he had an injury to open the season. He wasn't healthy. Stop it. What do you stop mean? it? Stop going to the game. Oh, oh, stop it already with that. Oh, I don't he want to hear play. it already. He didn't, he didn't play because he They're couldn't block. He didn't injury. play because he didn't know the schemes. And maybe now and he knows them. Hey, but but if you think that for one game, I'm going to throw this guy into the first round of a fantasy football draft, you got And I'm an owner of this is the most important player on my dynasty fantasy team. And there's no possible way that after the way that McVay used those three guys this year, and, and lied about Akers, by the way, when he was 100% healthy, saying he was going to get more carries and got none? Please, I am far I'm from doing that. First round. Yeah, I am not saying first round. I am saying 
his stock rose for me watching him for four quarters, which is something we haven't really seen of him having the workload. And if this is what it looks like against the Patriots defenses, which are the better defenses theoretically in the NFL, and this is a guy that ran outside, right inside. Now we're going to talk more about this game, so I don't want to do this too much at the top, but I saw enough last year to get me excited about a guy that if I took two wide receivers first to start my draft and somehow Cam Akers was undervalued because of that concern about a running back by committee, and I could get him in the third round, I'm very excited. Okay, welcome in our radio audience to this discussion here as we are uh, crowning Cam Akers a champion after after one good game, the into, one really good game. The what, how many I'm fantasy points did he have? I said an emerging fantasy asset. You make it seem like I called him MVP for God's sakes. I mean, super talk excited about after one game the guy had. The yeah, whole, it's, been, it's been 14 NFL weeks. The guy has started in fantasy for your team this weekend came through the other weeks he probably didn't even get a start because most people didn't trust him i started him in our fantasy in the league that i had him in dynasty it's been a zero i, I put him on the taxi because we can do that in the dynasty league that i'm playing in in the season-long league the big biggest money league that i'm in drafted acre very high played him without a doubt the first few weeks of the season had him on the bench i think for eight straight weeks finally played him mm-hmm. In week 13, uh, this is week 14, right? In week 13, and thought, wow, it would have been nice if this guy did anything all season long. It's not a matter of the player. I don't trust the coach. And, and and that's fair and that's fine, but you're also coming through this with a perspective that's very different than mine. I have zero Cam Akers shares, so therefore I don't have a dog in this fight, and I'm just looking at what I see in front of me. And what I saw last night was a guy who looked good running the ball outside, between the tackles, catching the football, protecting the football in some big spots too. I saw a complete running back and a guy that if this is if he's going to finish quietly strong here at the end of the year, that makes him a really great investment going next year in dynasty leagues. If you can get him on the cheap, all these things in the offseason that do happen. So I understand you're sour about it. I get it. You draft him. It didn't work out. But that happens with a lot of rookie running backs that are very talented. I remember Melvin Gordon, his rookie season. Everybody couldn't believe how terrible he was. The next year, he was all world. And the problem was he didn't pick up some of the protections very well early on. He wasn't able to pick up the system early on. Year two, the guy was a stud. So if Cam Akers can be like that kind of trajectory, I'll take that. That works for me. It it may end up being that. All I'm saying is that we've had a full year of the guy and he's had one game. So let's 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 let let's the rest of the season play out a little bit and then make that determination because I got news for you. If if Cam Akers rushes for 14 times for 50 yards next mm-hmm. week and Malcolm Brown scores twice, we are going to be right back where we were two weeks ago. So that's yeah, the really reality of what McVay has done. And, and this is Living the game the he has played for two years. Live in the now. Live in the now. Like Daryl Henderson last year. Live in the now. He's going to be great. He did nothing. The whole the moment. <laughs> Fantasy standouts are next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay, two items to get to here before we go through our fantasy standouts from last night's game. First of all, and most importantly, those of you who have Julio Jones on your fantasy team, you got to really, I think, run as fast as you can if it's first come, first serve on the waivers. 
and grab Russell Gage because I don't know that your Julio Jones is going to be playing in the fantasy playoffs. And you also want to grab Gage so that somebody else does not because he did score last week. He's been a very up and down player, but you are not going to have Julio Jones this week. And if you get even further, there's a chance you're not going to have him for the rest of the season. That is super important. And I know that Julio didn't carry anyone in the fantasy playoffs this year. Who knows where he'll even be next year. But that's order number one. Order number two before we get to the fantasy standouts. I'm sorry. Wait. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I wanted to There's... get in on one number one first, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> Owen, oh, I mean, we're going down. We're going down a road here where <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I just don't know what to say anymore. Now, I'm not going to pick up my phone and do the whole fake calling the bookie thing because I knocked us. I knocked me off the air yesterday, so well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And, we can't, we can't, and, and honestly, Thanos would have done real well in this segment. Just put that mask on. Let's just get through it and get done. But I have to wear it when it comes to the Rams. It's not a mask. It's a hat or maybe a, a brown bag, perhaps, when it comes to the Rams. I mean, have, at some point, don't you have to consider betting against what you think here with the Rams? Like, are well, you there we, yet? Like, I mean, it's, we're going on three months here. I got to be honest with you. I don't think I have had a Rams in a bet since maybe week two or three or somewhere around there. I have gotten well, off should. that. I was very smart. So, yeah, I was very smart no, to know that I don't have a beta. Of what you think. Oh, bet the so opposite. you're saying I missed the trend. That's fair. You're probably right. You didn't miss you the trend yet. You have right. four weeks left. <laughs> but now I believe. I, I don't recall <laughs> us talking about this the first three weeks, so I can't throw you under the bus for that because I don't recall like uh, that You can throw me under the bus. But I got to say we're on about 10, 10 weeks look, in a row here. I'll throw myself under the bus. I will throw myself under the bus because uh, from week two, I have no idea what the Rams are. You can go back to that Buffalo game where I'm thinking, about, uh, I came on the show saying, oh, what the hell's wrong with this Rams team? They're supposed to be good. And look what happens to them in Buffalo. I mean, I, look, the Rams have been an enigma to me. I'm wearing the brown paper bag on my head. It's a complete disaster. It's fine. It's terrible. The Patriots did not cover last night. The Rams wiped the floor at them for everything that looked like a blowout last week of the Patriots. It was the inverse this week. Oh, and we can absolutely get into this because I have lots of feelings and thoughts about this. So let's let's just do it. Let's go ahead. Let's get into okay, the standouts. But, but can, the can, you commit, can you commit to Sports Grid to continue to pick honor against the Rams for the next four weeks and if help everyone out? To, if you ask me to for the holiday season, I will gladly oblige and okay. give this gift of me having no knowledge of the Rams to the world. That is joy to the world. Joe has no idea what the Rams are going to do week to week. You're welcome. It's a special gift. It is. It's a special gift. Um, Okay. Well, I did not bet the game last night either, but let's get to our fantasy standouts and take a look at who did what. And well, this is pretty quick here. Cam Newton did not play well, and I am a Cam Newton fan and was hoping for better. But I think that once you pull the quarterback at that point of, of a guy who is a potential future Hall of Famer, and you're going down the road of the end. And I think that's kind of where we could be at. Stidham was five for seven. He had 27 passing yards. Goff didn't do anything. He threw two touchdowns, one uh, interception, and he ran the ball in at the goal line, which is the only thing that Cam Akers did not do. 29 carries, 171 rushing yards. His best game as a pro. He also had a couple catches. And then Cooper Cup ended up scoring a touchdown, which sort of saved his fantasy day because otherwise it was not very good. I think it was a touchdown the fourth quarter or the third, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I'll I'll start with a minute here, and then I know you have a lot. This, <laughs> I, I, I don't 
really, I, I don't really feel strongly about the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but I have to tell you that as quirky as they were, maybe in weeks one or two, they have been really good since then. And if New Orleans went to the Rams and played, I would take the Rams. I would. I, I would take the Rams. If, they, if New Orleans was in Los Angeles, I think they are one of the best three teams in the NFC. If they do commit to Akers with all of this other stuff that they have on offense and a very good defense, I think that they have a chance to go far. I, I don't know that they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know that they're going to get to the NFC Championship. But as much credit... And discredit, as we gave last week, credit to New England, discredit to the Chargers. I'm doing the same thing here. Credit to the Rams, discredit to the Patriots. The Patriots battled all year long, a lot of close games. I felt like they were in it up until last night. And then I think last night, unfortunately, was the end. And it's unfortunate because now they're going to end up winning seven or eight games and not have a high pick. So that's all I got. Unfortunate would be the understatement of the century. First, the good. Cam Akers, very good. You're not going to see Cam Akers get 29 carries probably again all season. I would be shocked if you saw that kind of workload. But what I got to see last night with that workload was a guy that looked like a starting running back in the NFL. And yeah, Henderson's probably going to still linger around next year. We'll see what happens with Malcolm Brown, whether or not he's lingering either. But uh, look, Cam Akers was running inside. Cam Akers was running outside. Cam Akers looked ferocious. And they were prepared for Cam Akers. I mean, they were out there, and there were times where they would stop him, and he would pop that run out and make a move. And the guy was tremendous. He caught the football. He also protected the football, too, which is huge for rookie running backs. There were a couple spots where he got hit pretty hard, where a guy came behind him to strip that ball, and he did not fumble the football. That is a huge, huge confidence builder, I think, for McVay with a rookie running back. And yes, McVay is always going to be a little odd week to week with the usage, but Let's also not forget when Todd Gurley was at his peak for a couple of years, how many carries did Todd Gurley get in this offense? And that's the last time the Rams looked like a great football team where they are on that run going to the Super Bowl with Todd Gurley. So in those two years with Todd Gurley, I'm not saying Cam Akers is Gurley. I'm saying Cam Akers can at least be something like that if indeed they choose to. And it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. Now on to the Patriots. So I'm going to make a little uh, analogy here. It's a music analogy. Let's see if you can follow me here. ACDC, great band. One of the great rock and roll bands of all time. Love ACDC. I've seen them live, saw them play in uh, in Giant Stadium before they closed Giant Stadium. One of the great rock shows I've ever been to. Incredible. And a lead singer, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson mm-hmm. was great. Now, before that was Bon Scott and unfortunately untimely uh, passing for him. And Brian Johnson picked up the mantle when nobody thought it could happen. And Brian Johnson became the legendary singer of ACDC. And then a couple of years ago, they made a change. They brought in Axl Rose. And Axl Rose was pretty good for... A short period of time with Guns N' Roses, man, there was a brilliant little couple-year window where Axl Rose was a great rock star and a great singer and all this stuff. And then he tried to play with ACDC, and it just wasn't very good. It sounded good. It felt like it might be good. There were some moments on a couple tunes where you go, okay, that's neat, but it wasn't good. Cam Akers, I'm sorry, Cam Newton, probably wrong Cam. Cam Newton is Axl Rose. Brian Johnson is Tom Brady. And Drew Bledsoe might be Bon Scott, unfortunately. But look, here here you go. What I'm saying is this. You have a situation here where now you are transitioning and you're trying to look for maybe a guy that once upon a time had that little magic or had something. He doesn't have it anymore. And he's not going to fit and make you the great rock band anymore. And that's where the Patriots are at. So I hope you're sticking with me in this big, broad music analogy here. But Cam Newton right now is that guy. He's Axl Rose. He's the guy that had some moments. He was great for a little window, but he doesn't fit in this band. 
And the band of the Patriots needs to also kind of find a new sound because this sound that they keep playing, and I've said this all year, I've been consistent, almost as consistent as being wrong about the Rams. I've been right about the Patriots offense, which is you cannot win 2020 consistently in this era of the NFL with the lack of speed, the lack of weapons that you have. Now, look, I know you're probably going to laugh at this, but Damian Harris, he looked pretty good last night again. I'm sorry. The guy looks good when he gets the opportunity. They have so many other problems and so much of a deficit at the quarterback position, which is something you can't live with in the NFL. And I know Cam Newton was great once upon a time, but it's just Axel Rose filling in for ACDC, and it is not the same band. It's not the same concert, and I don't want to pay to see it anymore. I am done. Yeah, I, I think Bill Belichick could coach the Patriots for 10 more years if he chose. He's the greatest coach of all time in the NFL. I wonder if he wants to. I'm going to I'm going to definitely wonder that after the year. He's got a beautiful place in uh in Jupiter. He's got uh in Florida, where right around where I live. Um beautiful boat. Um loves his off seasons there. And uh it, this has been hard to watch all year. It it's been impressive to see how hard they fought, but the end is here for them and and it's it's either a start over or or a quick rebuild because I don't think Belichick around for three and thirteen. Start sits up next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our 2020-2021 NBA Draft Preview is coming up in about 15 minutes from now. For those of you who are considering getting back into season-long leagues, maybe you're in a season-long league yourself. Scott Bogman will be with us, one of the best in the business, along with Joe. They'll get into it. Uh, pick one, two, three, who you should be taking uh, in the upcoming draft. I, I feel like I may want to do uh, a season-long draft of some kind. I don't know. I say that, and then I'm going to regret it. I know. So. You know what? I'm going to actually I take it all back. I take it all back. No, I actually did one. I got looped into one last year. Uh, not this past season, 2019, the last full season we had. Uh, some of my ex-students were big NBA guys. And they were like, come on, come do it. You're Mr. Fantasy. I was like, guys, I don't really do NBA. Like, no, no. So yeah. what I did was I sat down and I had a half-hour session with this guy, Scott Bogman, my uh, my co-host from the Fantasy Black Book. And I went in there and actually made the playoffs. I didn't win, but I made my money back at least. So I was like, all right. I was competitive. And look. I think that's the beauty of a tool like relative position value. When you look at, you know, just the positions and the productivity and just kind of step back, if you can use that to your advantage and manage on the weekly basis and you're okay with the injuries, a lot of, a lot of management uh, in terms of NBA too. So you really right. got to pay attention, especially most of the leagues, you can reset your lineup midweek. So that's something oh. you have to Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you, ha you have to be willing to participate. I don't think it's one of those things where you could just set it and forget it. It's not like that kind of situation. I don't know about NBA best ball, Craig. That's an interesting one, too, where I guess you can set it and forget it. I'm sure it exists. Best ball exists for everything. But maybe that's something you could try. Yeah, maybe consider it for this year. It's coming up here in less than a month. Okay, let's go over back to fantasy football and some start-sit options here. We'll start off with, yet again, Ronald Jones against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. What a wreck it has been with the Bucks running backs all season. J.K. Dobbins, will this be his moment? I feel like we've been on the cusp a few times, and it's never happened. Adrian Peterson, there's a report that, that Swift is practicing a little bit, so that's good news, but Peterson plays against Green Bay. Uh, I don't see how you can play Giovanni Bernard against Dallas. We have Melvin Gordon at Carolina, Miles Sanders against New Orleans, David Johnson, who is probably out this week at Chicago, so we can eliminate him. 
And then the poor Atlanta running backs at the Chargers, where Ito Smith looks like the best guy, but Todd Gurley is the guy for the time being. So uh, where are we going back here? Can you really consider sitting Miles <clears throat> Sanders? Wow, did not think we'd be here at Week 14 considering that. Well, we have to ask ourselves the question at the very least. I mean, when a guy's getting 10 touches, uh, that's not going to cut it. It's just not going to – I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, J.D. McKissick is a far better start than him. David Montgomery, a far better start than Miles Sanders, and that's where we're at. And, and, and look, maybe things will change with Jalen Hurts, but that would be shocking to me because just because you're changing the quarterback and, and Hurts is a mobile quarterback doesn't necessarily mean all of a sudden you're going to filter the ball more Miles Sanders. It is not a given just because you have a change of quarterback that's going to be the scenario. And you also have to wonder, are they playing from behind? Is the game script going to work out for the Eagles? And there's part of that you can look at certain Miles Sanders games and say, okay, well, game script kind of got away from the run. But, you know, kind of like the Tennessee Titans, their game script should never get away from the run. I don't care if they're down by 7, by 10, by 14. Get to running the football, and then good things will happen off of that because that's what you are. That's what you should be as your offense. And, and when the Eagles are good last year, that's what happened. Now, going back to the top, Ronald Jones. I just want to read this out to you. Okay. Win when he had 192 yards. Win when he had 113 yards against the Packers. Win 106 yards against the Bears. Win 111 yards against the Chargers. Notice a trend there? Lots of wins when Ronald Jones gets 100 yards rushing. Bruce Arians. Get this man the football for the love of God. I'm channeling Chris Farley here. Will you just do it? Please get this man the football. It's an automatic W when this guy gets 100 yards. It's not a coincidence. It's what you have to do. So I am going to start Ronald Jones, and I might jump from a high tower if I have to at the end of the week if it doesn't go well. But you got to at least try this against Minnesota. You have to get back to running the football. I know he said it before and they've lied before, but you can't. The, the game log doesn't lie. You need a win if you're Tampa. J.K. Dobbins, I would be starting him. Adrian Peterson, it looks like Swift is going to play now. But it's tenuous, Craig. I got to tell you, this whole Detroit situation is really difficult because one hit from Swift or, or one thing where he doesn't feel right in the game, he's out. I think Peterson's a guy you keep in your back pocket here for the next day or so and continue to push on through that. But, I mean, Ronald Jones right now, he has to be a star, Craig. I mean, I'm reading that game log to you. You notice it. It's not a trend. It's an automatic. It's an automatic win, but it's not an automatic usage. That's That's been the problem for him <laughs> all if year. I told you, if I told you you could win automatically if you could just get Ronald Jones 100 yards, wouldn't you get Ronald Jones 100 yards? It, feel, it feels like they should. Look, Minnesota is one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. They couldn't stop Jacksonville. They couldn't stop Carolina. There's no reason why they shouldn't be running. I agree. But it doesn't mean that they will. Arians has never, ever come in. Does he ever, has he ever had a running back that he's committed to? Ever? Uh, no, not really. Who, who were the running backs uh, I mean, in Arizona when he was there? Gosh. Andre um, Ellington? <laughs> it might have been those guys now that I'm thinking about it. I don't was David Johnson at the end of Bruce Arians? He could have been. been. I have to go back. I might have to go back and look at that. I mean, look, here's the thing. I mean, you can go back to his Pittsburgh days and he liked to throw the football, and that got him in trouble in Pittsburgh. Got him in trouble with Ben Roethlisberger. Got him in trouble and they they kicked him out, right? And then he goes there with he's a he's a coordinator and takes over Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis and Andrew Lux dropping back and throwing the ball 60 times a game. I mean, it's crazy. This is what Bruce Arians likes to do. But look, Tom Brady is not a 21-year-old quarterback like Roethlisberger and Luck were at the time. He's a 43-year-old quarterback. You have to run the football. Enough. Enough said. Yep. The, um, the interesting thing that I have going here, I totally forgot about it, actually. So I owe you 100 bucks very soon, as soon as this <laughs> season is over on Raheem Mostert. 
But I found a way actually to get my $100 before even paying you on this because I forgot that I made a bet with someone else this year in June over a huge argument that we had in terms of a trade. And I bet that Todd Gurley wouldn't be a top 15 PPR running back after week 16 of 2020. And he's sitting at like 17 or 16, somewhere. It's very close. It's very close. Kenyon Drake is like right ahead of him. Like there's a couple of guys. And so that $100 is going to go to pay you. So that's the way it's going to work. I got like a whole getting $100 it is. As long as it finds its way to me, I'm happy. That's it. It's my Christmas bonus. I got to pay my my bets. That's the way it works. And uh, I think Mike Cardano sent me the Jelly of the Month Club. So I got those two things going for me right now. So it's nice. Okay, so week 14 for the wide receivers here. Boy, there's no one sitting Corey Davis, so we could just move on oh. there. Same thing with Marvin Jones. Got to play him. Brandon Ayuk against Washington. Devontae 100%. Parker, much better <laughs> clearly with Fitzpatrick. Tyler Boyd of Cincinnati. I don't even know what's going on at quarterback there. Kirk against the Giants. Is Fitz playing? That will factor into that. Michael Pittman, I don't know. You said last week, yes. I, I don't know. I, I was watching that more closely. I, I just, I don't know. I don't I don't see it with him. And then Marquise Brown, look, I mean, the guy has scored two weeks in a row. So I, I guess uh, it's worth discussing. Yeah. Discussing that. But I, I got Davis, yes. Jones, yes. Yes. Ayuk, yes. 100%. Uh, yes. I mean, you have have to target a flex, no? Like, uh, I, mean, I don't do you know. Have a better look, flex option? If, if I knew Fitzpatrick was playing, then yeah, then I would definitely want to be starting him. But I, I, it's Tua. It's two at least to start this game. If they get out to a shootout, I mean, you would think that Parker would be good, but we just really haven't seen that much with the two of them. With Fitzpatrick, we've seen it, but Ayuk is 100% a start. He's a great DFS play this week, too. Um, Tyler Boyd against Dallas. I think you still roll him out there against Dallas. I know it's tough, but I think you do. Christian Kirk, it's really gone south ever since you know last couple of weeks there with that injury. Murray's not been able to throw the football deep anymore, and that's really hurt Christian Kirk's value. Pittman, I'm going to sit this week against Las Vegas, despite the fact they've had some issues. Last week, you know, I was going into it thinking maybe T.Y. Hilton was a one-off. Now it's a trend. When it's a trend, you move away from it, especially because they have injuries in that secondary. So that means that T.Y. Hilton is not going to be playing against a number one type corner and not going to be having a, a number one safety back there to deal with. So he should be open. And Marquise Brown, as much as I am frustrated with him, you, you can play him. You can start him this week. But I beg you, you must find a higher floor of other players around there on your roster because he could so easily put up a two as opposed to a 20. That's just who he is. It's always, always been. So don't get, you know, don't fall into a false sense of security by just looking at the game log last couple of weeks and going, oh, he's got touchdowns last two games. Oh, everything is great. No, it's right. not. You're getting everything on that one play. And if that one play does not happen, he could be the reason why you're out in the first round. So just build that that thought process into your lineup making process this week okay at tight ends we have eric ebron at buffalo logan thomas that uh, i have thomas my opponent has ebron so go figure that one dallas goddard against new orleans feel like you still have to play him and then hurst actually could be better now with no julio jones i suppose uh, there's a i think all four pro, i don't know that you could have better options honestly than the four you have here <sighs> Well, if I have to rank them, it's Thomas one, Gutter two, and then Hurst and Ebron are tied. Um, to be honest with you, Ebron has dropped so many passes lately. That's a big problem. Logan Thomas has looked really good the last couple of weeks with Alex Smith. There's no doubt about that. We don't know what Goddard is with Hurts, but, but I have to assume that Goddard is uh, is a continual target regardless of who's playing quarterback. And and Hurst does get a small bump, but I wouldn't elevate him too much. So just be careful about that. And then of course at the end here with the quarterbacks, Josh Allen. 
You have to start him. I don't care if it's against Pittsburgh. Don't get cute here. Right. This is what happens, Craig, where everybody gets into the end game here and they go, oh, no, well, my best quarterback is playing Pittsburgh. I should sit him. No, no. You go down in flames with Josh Allen because he's played like an MVP most of the year. Taysom Hill is absolutely a start against the Eagles. Don't forget, not just Lamar ran against the Eagles. Daniel Jones ran all over the place in the Eagles. A couple quarterbacks have run all over. And Taysom Hill is very good at that. So he is absolutely a start. Uh, Kirk Cousins against Tampa, it's dicey. But good Kirk Cousins has been on the roll. And the one thing you can do against Tampa is throw the ball. Running the ball is more difficult. So I think into Superflex, you can start him. And uh, who was the last one there? I can't remember who the last Rivers? guy was. Rivers. 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 Rivers, absolutely a start this week. In fact, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him later in the hour. I think it's a real good value. He's been on a really good trend lately. Healthy T.Y. Hilton, healthy Jonathan Taylor, all of a sudden has been a very productive, not pretty, but productive Philip Rivers and very cheap on FanDuel. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, look, the, the Colts are good. They're not great. They're up and down. Cousins is the one that's the most interesting for me because you could start him and get your 20 points and you could also get zero and want to just throw something at the end of the week. He's, he's a tough one, tough one to call. All right, Scott Bogman will join us next. Our fantasy basketball preview is on deck here on Fantasy Sports Today. Enjoy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. And our next guest you're familiar with because if you listen to Sports Grid radio stuff, you know he's the better half of the In This League podcast. It's the one, the only Scott Bogman. And Bog's also the co-host of the Black Book podcast with myself and contributor to the Fantasy Black Book series. He is a very, very talented man and wears many hats. And not just fantasy football and baseball, but also basketball, too. And it's that season. It's that time of year where... That's right. Season-long fantasy basketball is out there, and it's sometimes even awkward for me to say, and I actually just played in my first season-long basketball league two years ago, and luckily, because of Scott Bogman, I followed his advice, and I actually made the playoffs, and I did okay. I actually won money in it, and I am not the greatest basketball guy, so get your pen and paper out. Take some notes. Because Boggs is going to take us through. He just was uh, part of the Roto World draft for uh, for the mock draft, going through there, trying to get an idea what ADP looks like. So, Boggs, we're getting closer to the NBA season. So let me ask you, how is this NBA season going to basically stack up now, and how are we preparing? Because we are in uncharted waters here, where the NBA just finished in <laughs> the late summer, early fall. <laughs> That's something we're really used to. And now all of a sudden it's starting back up again in December. So how does this layup, or lack thereof, kind of affect maybe the beginning of the season. Joe, I don't know if you've heard this before, but we're in unprecedented times, right? Oh, no yeah, one's ever I've said that. that. <laughs> yeah. Very poignant thought for me to have just come up with just now, but uh, yeah, it is a very different uh, season. Obviously, normally we start about mid October. Uh, now we are starting in late December. We thought we were going to get till Martin Luther King day uh, to start the season, but the NBA said they would lose $500 million or somewhere in that range if they didn't get the Christmas slate in. So, uh, so we're getting games before Christmas. So this year, I mean, you know, it, Joe, and I know it because we've played baseball and football, but what a lot of basketball people uh, are going to be new to, because we had the bubble last year is uh, COVID and, and players are going to miss games. So uh, you're going to, you're going to have that. So I would expand your IR spots if you can. 
obviously make them eligible for COVID players on, on that list. And also, like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of players with extra rest time, LeBron being the main one to worry about. So I think if we weren't worried about LeBron, because he already says that he, you know, he needs an extra break and he was one of the guys leading the charge to get the start after the new year. Uh, he's a guy that takes a little bit of a dip and guys with uh, known injury histories or guys that sit like Kawhi Leonard are going to uh, take a little bit of a dip. I have Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James as like bottom of the first round players, but I got Kawhi at pick 17 in the mock draft the other day because people don't want to take him. I mean, his talent is way up there, but he misses games and uh, you know, it's, it's tough, especially in weekly leagues to keep pace with those guys. Yeah, I can see that here as I'm looking at the uh, second round here. Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Embiid, and LeBron James kind of went in a row there in the second round. So certainly some big names, but uh, certainly not necessarily their first round picks because some question marks there, obviously, as you're bringing up. Let's talk about the very top of the board, though. So is it, I mean, James Harden was the number one pick there and still some question marks about where James Harden's even going to play and yeah, how that just showed up at camp uh, like. 10 minutes oh, before did. we started. Oh, this. well, that's good. So that we got his COVID test in. All yeah, that. well, you know, just because you're at camp doesn't mean you're going to be playing there. So very true. in all fairness. So so it's Anthony Davis. There's uh, there's Luca. Uh, there's a few guys kind of battling for that number one spot. If you had the number one overall pick in a league this year, which way would you go? I'm still going James Harden, especially with Russell Westbrook leaving town. I mean, okay. you know, John Wall comes in, but. I'm sure he's going to get rested on occasion. So uh, AD has the injury history. He's the clear cut number two though. But with James Harden and his insane usage rating, even with Mike D'Antonio gone, uh, you know, I, I think he's still the number one player to me. Now, as you're going and say the opposite of the first round too, what would be your approach? Let's say that you are at the, you know, that bottom of the first round, what kind of players would be looking up to double up or who are you targeting? You're saying, okay, I can really take advantage. Cause I know you're kind of like me. Like I like to be at the top of the board or the bottom of the board. The middle is real dicey because then all of a sudden runs are kind of out of your control. But if you're at the bottom of the board here, I see names like Giannis. There's names like Collins. There's names like Westbrook. Those are the kind of guys going there, which makes sense. So uh, is there somebody that you would be targeting or trying to pick up in the best case scenario or even because of certain positions at this point, too, which I know we're going to get into talking more about in a second? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, being at the end is actually kind of nice. And I've picked eight in two of the industry mocks that I've done. One of them, I had Lillard fall to me. I think the other one I had Trey young fall to me. So mm -hmm. in the middle is not bad okay. also this year, uh, but at the end, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at some type of a risk. I think the key there is to take one risk. I don't want to take KD and LeBron. You know what I mean? KD hasn't played in a year right. and LeBron's going to get rested. So pick one of them and then take a safer option. A, you know, Bradley Beal, a Devin Booker, uh, you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton and Vucevic are in consideration as well. So uh, I, I like to go one risk, whether it's Leonard, LeBron, Katie, and then a solid player that doesn't offer much risk. Now, I know obviously you're over year, the player pool, like every sport changes. And is there a player pool right now in terms of position where you think it's a little lighter or a little shallow where you feel like you should really target this earlier and try to get one of those elite guys at that position? Because frankly, it's just not as deep in terms of fantasy. And and we all know that that's, you know, kind of black book one oh one, right? That's relative right. position value. So if you're kind of taking RPV and putting it towards basketball this year, what would be that position that you would probably try to target? Uh, for me, it's center. You know, I, I 
small forward and center have, um, you know, they have a couple things going on there as far as depth. But the nice thing in basketball is that most positions qualify. Most players qualify at multiple positions. When you get to the, you know, the ones and the fives, the centers and the point guards, they qualify at less because they spend more time. You know, some guys are just rim protectors. Some guys are just passers on the uh, second team. So uh, I, but center is the big one. Small forward also kind of shallow, but luckily if you're playing on Yahoo and ESPN, even fan tracks, a lot of those guys cross over. And a lot of people have gone to just guard forward center as far mm-hmm. as qualifications and they've taken away Paul uh, power forward and small forward and all that good stuff. Is or that, Paul is that what you would recommend? Would you recommend kind of changing that up a little bit or actually and I think do it, it depends on where you play. Like if mm-hmm. you play on Yahoo, the guys qualify across most spots anyway. So okay. just go ahead and stick with the normal one. If you have, if you're on a platform with more uh, constrictive uh, player eligibility positionally, then yeah, maybe go to guard forward center. All right. Very good. All right. Let's talk about some of the guys who are buzzing right now in terms of uh, draft stock in fantasy drafts. And let's start with a big name. Let's start with Zion Williamson, because that's a guy that clearly, you know, everybody was talking about going into last season. And obviously, you know, last season was so strange with the stoppage and then picking back up again in the bubble. So I, I guess now it's fresh start here, even though it's, it's, it's a rather quick start to the year. So what are your expectations for Zion here in this 2020 slash 2021 season? I'm not actually going to be very high on Zion this year. And I was going into last year. Obviously uh, he was more hurt than we thought coming out of summer Mm -hmm. camp. So uh, they're left a lot to be desired there, but you know, look that this guy is a fantastic real life player. He's a much, much better real player than fantasy player. He doesn't really shoot threes. He averaged just over half an attempt per game last year and made you know, half of those. So 0.3 per game, he scores a bunch of points. He gets a decent amount of rebounds, uh, 6.3 last year and 22.5 points in 27 minutes. Uh, but assist he's good for his spot. He gets two, but what you really want with a big man like this is steals and blocks. And he right. had uh, less than one steal 0.7 per game and less than half a block 0.4 while contributing two and a half turnovers. If you're a nine cat. So I like Zion but I am not going to be drafting him in many spots because his ADP is going around, you know, 25 or 30. So it's very, um, it's too high for me, too rich for my blood. I'm not going to do it. All right. Is there any other buzzworthy name out there too, that for good or bad that you think people should either target or stay away from? I think uh, SGA Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander from Oklahoma city. Now that Chris Paul has moved on to Phoenix, he's getting a lot of run in both these expert drafts that I've done. He has gone high in the second round, little rich for me. I'd rather take him at the end of the second round. I just think you're stripping all the value at the top of the second, but the top of the second is a lot of those risky guys, which is why he's going in that range. Um, So he, he's real good. Christian Wood moving to Houston should get a nice bump as well. And I mean, there's, there was a lot of movement this off season. I, I've I've been drafting (laughs) Chris Paul a bunch too. Uh, uh, even though he is an injury risk, but I really like that fit in Phoenix next to Booker and Aiton. Going to get Booker some open shots and Aiton some easy shots. So I'm really excited about CP3 this year. All right, so let's go to the back end of the draft now, and everybody's looking for the sleepers, which really there's no such thing. We all know there's no such thing as sleepers because everybody who has even a little bit of draft value gets talked about incessantly to the point where they end up being overhyped by the time you get to actual draft. But 
for the sake of everybody else out there who is at least looking for some names and at least some value, who are some of the dart throws later on in some of these drafts that you've seen in terms of trend that you think people should at least take notice of? They're going late and they have upside to outperform their ADP, which is something in fantasy, no matter what sport it is, we're always looking for. Yeah, I mean, look, this year, I'm not going to be big on rookies, right? Because there's no summer league. There is uh, barely any preseason at all. And these guys just got drafted. It feels like yesterday. So, you know, uh, there's not a lot of ramp up time and not a lot of time to build chemistry with your teammates and stuff. But in the last round is where I like to add some players or in the late rounds, Anthony Edwards, first pick going to Minnesota, uh, obviously a pretty decent one. I think Obi Toppin uh, going to the Knicks, you know, they do have a lot of players in that spot, but they are very fond of this guy, a little bit older for a draft prospect. Mm -hmm. I think he's, you know, 21 instead of 19, he's ancient, (laughs) but uh, you know, so uh, I I like him. I think Denny Avidija from Washington is going to get a little bit of playing time as well. And then, uh, you know, Markel Fultz is not going quite at the end, but I do like him and uh, Kemba Walker. I got in the 10th round because of his injury. And look, you know, you are supposed to this year specifically mitigate a lot of your risks and things like that. But 10th round for a guy whose ADP was in the thirties, like, you know, high thirties as well uh, before we found out about this injury. And I understand he's in no rush to come back. You're going to have to fill your IR with uh, a bunch of other players this year because of COVID too, but I'm willing to take one of those guys. I don't want many injury risk guys and I don't want, uh, I really don't want guys hurt going into the season, but if you can get them in the 10th, why not try, especially if you're in a head to head playoff league, you know, uh, you can get him for that back end stretch. So if you want to see the results from this draft, go ahead over to Roto world and you see Bogman, and all the other experts and their picks and where the value is. And you can start to prepare for yours because I'm sure that's coming up right about now. We are in draft season. There's no sleep anymore. We went from baseball, basketball and football showed up and we had hockey. Everything was at the same time. And I feel like we're right back in the thick of it now too. wait for baseball to to really heat up again too soon. It's just craziness. This has been the year that doesn't quit. Uh, We're going to keep Bogman around though. Talk a little waiver wire with him. But before we do, let's switch gears from basketball to football. I think it's a good thing that you're not undefeated anymore with your Pittsburgh Steelers bogs. Are you, how are you taking the loss? Are you, are you okay? I'm very happy yeah. you're even here today with us. I mean, look, you know, I'm, I'm with you as far as getting the loss under the belt. So there, it takes the pressure off moving forward and all that stuff. But I mean, come on, the writing was on the wall. You didn't have to be a genius to see this one coming. The the Washington has 10 days to prep. The Steelers have five. They just lost a big name. Uh, on the defense and Bud Dupree, Robert's playing around the middle name. of the game. I mean, yeah, yeah, Devin yeah. Bush lost a couple of weeks ago. I feel like nobody's talking about that enough, Boggs. They really exactly. Yeah, well, Blaine's filled in well, but he got banged up in the second quarter in this game too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it it was about time, and I'm not surprised it happened. Exciting though to see that front of Washington. You're an IDP guy like me. Some Chase, of those boys over there, Chase Young, Montez, uh, sweat looks great, man. I, I'm telling you, this is exciting times in Washington. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to do a quick waiver wire Wednesday for you. So stick around more fantasy sports today, right here on sports grid. Scott Bogg and I'll be right back right after this. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. We're going to get into a little full DFS action, I should say, coming up in the second hour of our show here on SportsGrid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Jim Sanis will join us. We'll go through quarterback, running back, and wide receivers one by one, give you the top options, the middle, the down. Of course, Joe will be involved over on FanDuel this weekend and has some really good options for you to perhaps put into your lineups this weekend, Joe. So where are the values at this week at those positions for you? Yeah, well, the values are always really important because that allows you to go to the top of the board and get guys like Derrick Henry, who's in a smash matchup this week uh, against Jacksonville. Last year, he put up 150-plus yards against Jacksonville that second time around. It's kind of looking like could be a repeat of that. But starting at the quarterback position, Phillip Rivers is at 7K on FanDuel. Now, this is a guy the last few weeks, he's been at 22 points, 18 points, 19 points. Now, at 7K salary, that's right around 3X value. That's exactly what you'd like to get. And he's got a good matchup against Las Vegas as as I mentioned earlier in the start-sit portion of the show, uh, they've got some injuries in that secondary. Now, they're not 100%. Now, David Montgomery, I recommended last week, he got you 25 points. And dare I say I'm going to do this three weeks in a row. I mean, this is crazy. He's got 22, 25 points, and this week he's facing the Houston Texans, and everybody has run against the Texans. I know it's scary, but for 66, it's a good value. And if I like Phillip Rivers, then i got to like T.Y. Hilton. He's been pretty good lately as well in terms of the value you're getting out of him. Uh, Logan Thomas is just 5.2 against San Francisco. Logan Thomas getting getting his opportunities, getting those receptions, but also getting the plenty of target share too. Getting some looks in the red zone also, and that's what you're always looking for with tight end. Upside for a touchdown. If you don't want to go to the top of the board this week for a guy like Travis Kelsey, then why not go down to the bottom at 5.2 and save yourself, get some equity with Logan Thomas. And then last, of course, is the defense of the Washington football team also. A couple weeks ago, man, we saw Nick Mullins in that pocket just collapse all through the Green Bay Packer game. And you're telling me this front with Chase Young and Montez Sweat and some of the, you know, John Bossick and the linebacker core and all these guys that they got and put pressure on the quarterback, you're telling me that's not going to happen again? I think it will. So at 3.9, I think that's a really good return as well. So uh, I would look for some sacks, some uh, possible turnovers in that contest. So those are some really good value plays, I think, this week on FanDuel. And Rivers and Montgomery, look, see, it's not too late after all to be relevant in football. We're all the way here week 14, and all of a sudden these guys, Montgomery, D.Y. Hilton, Phillip Rivers, are the best values on the board. Who would have thought that? Okay, hour two is ahead of us, folks. Make sure you stay on the grid. Our headlines are next. We'll be right back. Don't go away. 